0: Hello, welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen and I'm James Carey and this is episode number 158, uh, the famous magical 158 number. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's some some cricketer's top score or something, uh, maybe. Maybe
1: Kevin know. Peterson, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, hello, I'm James Carey, that was Dave Cohen yeah. and uh, this is the show. We normally start with breaking news. Uh, Yeah,
0: I mean, there's there's, there's a lot lot of stuff going on, but nothing that specifically, I think we could mention, I mean, the skewer has uh, started up again, and that's actually going for 12 weeks now. So uh, they are looking for lots of stuff from you specifically. Uh, And uh, to find out more, go to the, um, the... We Are Unusual, I think is the name of the uh, website, John Holmes's website, or Unusual Productions, and you will find all the details about uh, what the show is, what it sounds like, how to write for it, and that kind of thing. but I think mostly, I suppose this so far this year, James, you and I, we've been kind of uh, we, we we've been kind of going back to uh, basics, really. I'm teaching mm. a university course. I'm teaching two university courses, really, about about writing, uh, and not just sitcom for me. It's writing comedy and comedy drama, and of course your uh, your new class, your masterclass of sitcom mm. writing, is uh, up and running. How's that? How's that going?
1: Yeah, it's going fine. We've got a few people signed up for it. And um, in a day or two, I can't remember when this goes out, but uh, there's a monthly Zoom chat kind of thrown in with it. So if you're on the course, uh, then we'll get together and have a chat and find out how you're getting on and if you've got any questions. So um, hopefully that's one of the perks of it. But if you if you listen to this podcast, you can get a discount on that course called Sitcom. Uh, if you put coupon Sitcom Geeks, I think you get 20% off. So wow. um, have a link, have a look on the links um, in the show notes and click around I think BCG Pro Pro members will get a discount as well soon Mm -hmm. so um, because they host this podcast so uh, but yeah so I've been going back to basics and I've been doing a lot more blogging as well and I've really enjoyed I know it sounds a bit crazy writing about writing (laughs) Um, but um, it has really kind of refreshed my own thinking on this and I've just sort of gone back to characters which I think is something we get a lot of questions about is characters isn't it do you get I mean it's normally how do I come up with characters do you get that a lot
0: oh yeah Uh, not just how uh, you know how do I um, come up with characters but it's also about you know kind of um, I get a lot of things where people say right this character is uh, based on me Uh, this is me this is my life story And, and that's understandable uh, for when you're starting mm. out, because you're looking for unique stories and uh, no one else has your story. Um, mm. But that of itself is, is never going to be enough uh, for you to write a show. I mean, if you're mm. lucky and you're a fantastic performer as well, you might get to write a show that's maybe like a fringe show like Fleabag or you get to write a 10 minute taster for BBC like uh, Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant did for The Office. But generally, as writers, you know, you, you, you need more than just this is based on my life.
1: Mm. Yeah. and And just in general, I think the other problem is that people often you can say an awful lot about a character and actually not say who they are and for them yeah. not to actually be a sitcom character. Yeah. And I so I was I was struck by this partly so on on Patreon there's a Facebook group if you join us on Patreon and you can we just have kind of chats in that and somebody said, "Oh, I've got this character who's really into um X and I can't really make them work or you know, like beekeeping or something I, you know. And that just reminded me of some thoughts I'd had a while back, and I just did a blog post about them, Yeah. about how it's very easy to describe a character, not just in terms of backstory, and we've banged on and on about that, but um, to say about that somebody really likes doing something. So on the blog, I've talked about uh, Jessica. Uh, So Jessica's really into cooking. She's obsessed with cooking. And that sounds like you've kind of got a character there. But actually, that's not really going that's not enough you've explained what someone likes doing but you haven't explained why they like doing it and if you can't do that uh then if you you can't explain why they like doing it then it does then it's not clear why it matters when they're prevented from doing that or when there's a disaster
0: um I, i was going to say i think it's quite interesting as well because you uh, you and I have sort of almost gone slightly in opposite directions on this. I always used to say, <laughs> <laughs> I always used to say, character, 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 story comes later. And you, yeah. you said, yeah, character's good, but story. You know, the more stories I can come up with and generate, the better. But yeah, you're, what you're saying. Uh, a, a little bit more. Reading this blog is actually. Uh, hang on, Dave Cohen,
1: you were right all along. But yeah, well,
0: well, I've changed my mind, so I don't know. Yeah. But I'll, I'll, I'll come to my bit in a sec. But, but, yeah. explain why you're saying now. Hang on, before we get to story. What's, yeah. uh What, what do we need to know about the character?
1: I think. So st- I think st- I, I stand by the fact that the story is the key and the hardest thing to get right. But I would say you've made it even harder to get the story right if you don't know who your character is, because otherwise your story is just going to be a series of events um, at best, um, if not um, a, you know, uh, one event. That f- I frequently read scripts where basically one thing happens and it's bad and then nothing else seems to happen. So it's it's then kind of reacting to the thing that happened. So um, just to flesh it out a bit, the example I give is if you really like cooking, Look at all of the different celebrity chefs and they all like cooking too. But actually, then it's not about cooking. Jamie is a, is a TV chef, Jamie Oliver, but actually he is all about family and his lockdown cooking stuff. He was at home with Jules and his kids and, you know, his way of loving people is to cook for them and to involve them in the cooking. So actually, the the food is kind of like who cares about cooking, really? I mean, I like cooking, because um, I'm you know. And then there's the Heston Blumenthal thing. Why does he like cooking? Well, he's all about experimentation. Can I get something that's made of slugs and ice cream to taste good? Can I get something? Can I combine stuff that's never been combined before? So for him, it's a science experiment. It's just made um, me.
0: You just made me think that uh, that actually uh, Jay, Jamie Oliver's cooking show is. My family. Heston uh, Blumenthal is the Big Bang Theory. Uh, oh,
1: possibly, I, uh, yes. It's it's a geek r- approach, r- run isn't it? I with
0: this. I don't know uh, anymore yeah. that, uh, you know, yeah. N- Nigella is, um, I don't know, um, Miranda meets Yes, Fleabag. Nigella's
1: slightly harder. There's, there's an element of, like, <laughs> naughty, lux- luxurious... I mean, her title of her first book was How to Be a Domestic Goddess. Yeah. So, in a way, it's projecting an image of domestic perfection while mm. still being... A kind of woman about town to some extent or yeah. you know to, so being a desirable uh woman rather than being the housewife delia cook yeah. so delia is all about you know this is this is a housewife's from the 50s and 60s this is what yeah. they're aiming for you do it you know it was an expression for a long time of doing a delia wasn't it yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah um
1: and so she was very much the how-to you know, and she was about teaching people how to do it, and it seemed to really matter to her that people could or couldn't cook. Yeah. So your character, if they really like cooking, it's like what? What's behind that? Yeah. yeah. And that is absolutely critical.
0: What um, I, what the? I, I totally agree with you on that, and I think where I have modified my view is because I've been working with a lot of new writers this year, kind of creating sitcoms out of nothing, and. It sort of struck me that there comes a point fairly early on when you are thinking, "What is this character?" You sort of think, "Well, they're not fully formed yet." But one of the ways to to help fully form them is to uh, throw a, a, a plot at them. So that, that means that um, you know, let's say that um, let's say that the chef's long lost sibling uh, comes back. From Australia or something uh, now how, how would uh, a Heston character deal with that? How would a, a Nigella uh, character deal with that so that's my that's that, that's my modification of your idea yeah of,
1: of I mean I think in a way I mean it's character is character and story are so interwoven I mean that is the summary of uh, of Robert McKee's very expensive paperback book. <laughs> And, you know, you mm. can do a 500-quid day-long seminar with him, not at the moment, obviously, mm. and he will tell you in very, very many ways story is character yeah. um, and character is story. Mm. And so in a way, I think the, the throwing stories at your characters will demonstrate whether you've got something or not. In a way, that, that is the test bake. To use the baking analogy again, I often say that your sitcom is like... Um, trying to get a recipe so that you can get you can get 30 of the same thing Hmm. um so every time you make the recipe you basically get the same cookie or cupcake or or cake um and so therefore it takes quite a lot of test bakes and tinkering so sometimes you might have you know you have a long lost brother please don't do a long lost brother (laughs) plot but i know what you mean by that yeah, I can't um,
0: tell you how hard it was for me to not do its ex's birthday. I yes, that. that's great. James but in a way, again, just...
1: <laughs> but another side note on that. Again, if you're throwing plots at a character, that's a bit of a worry because the plot should be emanating from your character. So your character needs a mission in life. Now, it's a moot point as to whether they know whether that's their mission or not. And there's a gap between what they're doing and what they think they're doing and what other characters think they're doing. Um, and I think normally, ideally, we can see exactly what they're doing, um, even though they don't, they don't know that they're doing it. Um, so, you know, you know, why is Basil Fawlty running a hotel? Yeah. You know, be- he's 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 in an annoying situation he's a snob he wants to be associated with posh people posh, posh guests posh because hotels especially in the 70s were actually still quite exclusive posh places yeah um so but you don't really want your story just to walk in the door every time you need stuff to originate from that character and they won't do that unless they've actually got a life goal yeah. that they're going after even if it isn't really what their life goal is
0: I was thinking more that in terms of yes a character may have a life goal as well. Uh mm. I mean yeah I'm or rather that's you know the the uh, thing and and one of the things you point out is you know that about what characters want is the most important thing but mm. what what a uh, spontaneous uh larger than life jolly uh hockey sticks person what, they might want the same thing as a uh Stick in the mud, control freak character, mm. um, yeah. and so if it's from that point of view, it's like what what the, the I want this, but what is it about me that's going to stop me from from getting it?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, uh, no, that's true. Talk
0: a little bit more about that. What what do they want? What what does
1: yeah? I mean, in like? a way, the the bar- we can come onto the barriers in a second, but you know, just to go back to my example, Jessica, why does she cook? Does she cook because she wants to be a celebrity chef? Because she wants to be famous. So actually the cooking is a means to fame and she's trying to get on Bake Off. And so she's taping it, she's watching it. She's trying to second guess what the challenges are gonna be. She's doing test bakes and she's taking pictures of it. She's putting them on Instagram because it's not about the food, it's about the fame. And that's fine, that's a character. And she could kid herself that it's about the food, but we can see it's about the fame. And also maybe if the food looks good, if it takes a good picture and it tastes awful, well, that's okay because she's not a purist about food. But there's another Jessica who loves cooking whereby she wants to cook everything from scratch for her family because she um, she thinks that the corporations are trying to poison her and her children. So she won't drink tap water because that's got fluoride in it. And that's how they control you. She's never given a vaccination to any of her children. And you know what I mean? And the way she cooks is like, she has to cook well because otherwise if the kids won't eat it, that means that they're rejecting her philosophy on life. Yeah. Um, so that's another form of cooking, which symbolizes a form of derangement. You know, and I have some sympathy with some of those views, but but not all of them. I'm not a tinfoil hat wearer. Um, or is she the Hugh Ferling Whittingstall who is like, essentially worships mother nature um, and is just insanely grateful for the natural world and wants to, wants to work in touch with the seasons. And again, the season's bounty demonstrates that we can have, it's, it's, you know, it's January. That means that we have this and now it's, it's spring, which means that this is coming through. And she, and so her cooking is a celebration of nature mm. and therefore any threat that comes along to nature, she takes personally. Yeah. Um, so I think you, it really needs to be about that huge outlook on life, their quest or their calling. Um, Because then if they have something go wrong, then we know why it matters to them. And then the way they go about trying to fix it will make sense and it won't just be a generic way of trying to fix it yeah if that if that makes sense
0: I mean this comes back to something that, that has been working for me for a while and still works and, and I feel the, the more I use it the more it seems to work which is the um about how somebody sees themselves and how others how we the audience uh, or maybe someone else in the show uh, sees mm. them and um whereas that that last character you described is probably kind of sees themselves as a very sort of efficient uh thorough person you you know you can take the other side of that word uh thorough and say uh, control freak and mm. you know and and just think of this per- this this person is a monster, you know yeah, and uh, but actually, in their eyes, of course they're not they're, they're not a monster at all um, they, the, the way so, so how they see themselves is very is, is very different uh in that sense
1: yeah, I think that pushing it to so that they can't see it, the way of doing that, which has struck me recently especially if you want to create characters that we have sympathy with, with because I see a lot of characters and read a lot of characters who I just want horrible things to happen to because they're just awful. Um, and I watch quite a lot of shows like that as well. And they, they don't make me want to watch them uh, beyond the first 10 minutes. Is um, you take a good thing that they like and then you just push it to, until it's a fault. Mm. I, I know this is a crazy example, but again, and, I, and I always pick old examples rather than new ones. Mr. Brittus from the british empire he has a laudable aim which is health and safety and good management and he just absolutely drives everyone to distraction by pursuing this aim doggedly he's not he is not in any way a malicious person or a bad person he's actually a really good person but he's insufferable Mm. um the same. I mean, I might have mentioned Due South recently. Have I mentioned Dew South recently?
0: Not since about at least episode hundred and fifty six, I would say. Oh,
1: okay, yeah. So in that, you get the Mountie, who is just so good. He's actually really hard to live with because he's just this sort of shining beacon of perfection. So I think taking a good thing and really pushing it, um, and but they don't see it. They just see, you know, what I'm. All I'm trying to do is X. It's, it's a character. You could ask that of all of your main characters in your sitcom, as if you just said to them, what are you trying to achieve? And why are you such a nightmare? What the defensive answer is, what do you mean? All I'm trying to do is X. What yeah. what it, what it I'm, All I'm trying to do is feed my family. All I'm trying to do is, you know, get out of this situation. And I can do that with cooking. Yeah. Or what I'm trying to do is celebrate nature because I'm part of nature. Um, you know, those things are really important. And I don't think you can really have decent stories that are actually going to mean anything unless you've, unless you've dug into the characters to that kind of level of, of depth. And actually, this stuff doesn't take very long. It's just asking the right questions. Yeah.
0: I think also that, that what, what that sort of deals with is, is, is one very important aspect of, of character, and, and, and it is probably one of the most important, um, is that characters in sitcoms are that uh, they are either unsatisfied with their lives and they want to change their lives they want something to be different or the life is changing around them and they want and they want things to stay the same so mm. uh, either way it's about they're not satisfied and they then it's it's about how they then become proactive isn't it to make themselves mm. uh satisfied and and how how they make exactly the wrong choices when they mm. do that, and I think that's um. Do, do you would you say that's kind of uh, that that that's kind of the next step really? Is it once you you've said what what do they want? It's mm. kind of what, how how do they not get it?
1: Yeah, I think so, and it could be that they're that you know it's a double act and it's a it's an odd couple and so the reason they don't get it is the other person and that's one way of going about it i mean that's you know step and son ding 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 who had that how many is that 18 minutes in
0: it uh, um, wasn't me no it wasn't me you yes right.
1: that doesn't count you don't you don't have to drink right. uh for that um but um but yeah, so obviously a very compelling way of doing it is to is is for a yin and yang, you know, two characters who are sort of two sides of the same coin or diametric, not quite diametrically opposed. Um, you know, uh, there, there are kind of ways of setting up stuff uh, so that the other person is the problem. In a way, you sort of want the war to be within themselves as well. Yeah. Uh, but you do need to. It's, it's, it's hard there because at this point it gets so complex so quickly because the moment you have three, four, five characters, you've not only got how they see themselves and how they see the world, but you've got how all of the other characters see each other. Yeah. And therefore, to sort of have a spreadsheet template flow chart about how to set all this stuff up, it's sort of impossible because, it, you know, it gets, it gets really complicated.
0: Well, you mentioned... But yeah, you,
1: you... Go on.
0: So I was going to say, you say in, that, in the blog, you say so it's not not a marathon it's a sprint but actually in my new book um if i only had time how to mm. keep writing when the world stops i uh i kind of go even further than that and say actually mm. it's not a marathon uh, i i mean it is a marathon and it is a sprint and actually it, it's a decathlon um right <laughs> because, yeah you know you think it's a marathon you're slogging away and you've been slogging away all day and then you've just got 10 minutes before you have to go and and, and cook supper um and you've suddenly had this amazing idea suddenly you have 10 minutes to get like this sort of all day the thing that's been blocking you all day and you've got to sit down and write it and then oh by the way you've got to nip over and sort of jump over some hurdles for about five mm. minutes in between that and then you've got to come back and 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 similarly to a, a, a decathlon as well you know you'll have two or three things that you are probably very good at um mm. which which is great but you kind of need to be pretty good at all 10 things really it's not you can't just think well i've got my two very strong things that i can do and uh, you know i'm not very good at i'm not very good at character I, you know i'm fantastic with plot and i do great jokes but uh, i'm not very good with character or setting up worlds or or, uh, or finding a, a way out of a scene or anything but you know you need to be you need to be good at all everything really don't
1: you yeah yeah you certainly in a way what you need to do is work out what you're good at and then just allow time for the stuff you're bad at because you can't not do it yeah. So you, if you write a sitcom script and you send it in to a competition or to an agent or to a producer and the characters are no good, but the plots and jokes are really good, you can't write in the covering letter, oh, yeah, by the way, I can't really do character, so yeah. if you could match me up you with someone that. who can you fix this. You find
0: someone. The actors will make it all up for me, Yes,
1: exactly. Me. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. right. Um, you know, that was one of the... Um, side note is about staged. Oh, yes. And yes. Um, one of the things I've really liked about series two... Um, is how there has been a very very frank discussion about the actors thinking how much of it they contribute and make up and the writer saying yeah but i i i wrote it and they're like yeah well you know yeah but we kind of play around with the ideas and stuff That's been something I've actually been enjoying, even though series two I found pretty baffling. If I'm well, honest, I think. Uh, well, no quite get Where it's gone? No
0: spoilers, please, because I'm still, uh, you yeah, so, know, so much to watch. We're still kind of uh, not quite yeah. got through series one yet, but I'm.
1: Um, uh, series one is great. Yeah. Series two is goes a bit meta, and I think it loses its way. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's going to be pulled round. I've I've seen six of eight. Right. Um, okay. So. Yeah. But but no, sorry. So that was just a side note about. Um, about making sure that you, you need to allow time for the things you find difficult hmm. uh, because you still have to do them. Yeah. Um, and if you were, you know, if, if you were are working in America and you're, you manage to get into a room and there'll be some people who are amazing on jokes, some really good on plot, some really good on characters, some really good on, on, on you know, on, on a combination of those, to even to get into that room Mm-hmm. You still need to write a script where you do actually tick all the all of the boxes, yeah. um, and that's easy if you if you're writing a spec script of an existing show where the characters have already and the setup have already been done for you. But I get the sense, in the in the US at least, that the that you don't really write spec scripts of existing shows anymore. You write original stuff,
0: yeah, um, a, and that's
1: what we do in the UK. You don't. I mean, writing spec scripts in the UK is just not a thing, is it?
0: No. Um, I, I, first of all, I must pick you up on the. It's easy to. It's easier to write a, a script of a. I suppose yeah. It's easier to write a script where you know yeah. the characters, but it's still. Uh yeah, it's very rare for, for writing a spec script um to, to kind of get you anywhere. I think I'm one of the few people who actually has kind of ever done it really, of people that I know, uh, mm. to get to, to, to get work on shows. Um, partly because nobody ever knew me or thought of me as a sitcom writer. So mm. um but that's uh in america it certainly it always was you either uh write a spec script or you get a job as an intern at some tv company but it mm. um it's it's it is it's it's more of an industry uh in america so there is more of a kind of uh, uh hi- hierarchy that mm. we don't we don't have and we kind of will ha- have even less um here but i do think it is worth trying to write spec scripts um as mm-hmm. an exercise, you know, just as something, as something to have, you know, in between coming up with ide- original ideas of your own, it's kind of quite good. If you've got a show you really like, um, and and you can think of something, an original uh, take on that, that's that's go- a good exercise for you, if nothing else. Uh, and,
1: yeah. Because um, yeah. it kind of removes the imponderables, is it, in terms of writing exercise? If you're trying to come. I mean, coming up with a pilot script for a new show is easily the hardest thing to do. And it is like learning to land a plane first. You know, it's like, you know, it's like how how, it's it's so complicated. It's hard to know where to begin. But in a way, if you're writing a sample of an existing show, the concept has already been proved. The characters work. We know that the format works. The world works. This is this show is about something. And therefore, it then becomes a, almost a process of technical execution. You know, mm. you're, you're, it's, not, it's not exactly colouring in, but you at least know what picture you're aiming for and, and what, what colour palette to use. Mm. Um, but also, so what it, yeah. I
0: was going to say, what it does show is that you understand the characters and you understand the characters so well that you will write a story that uh, is, um, shows that you understand Every character, every relationship that character has with the other ones, why they, how they are proactive in causing their own uh, problems, yeah. and how they get out of it and get back to the end of the episode, uh, usually not having learned anything.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's worth having a think about, even if you can't quite face writing a whole spec script that you're not sure that anyone ever wants to read. The other thing to do, it's a, it's worth doing thinking about shows like that because you might if you, if your script that you have written gets gets read and you get a meeting or two or whatever, you might be invited to pitch stories for a show that actually exists. Yes. Um and at which point you do need to be able to to kind of reflect a house style. But one of the things that's worth doing is pitching storylines that test relationships that we don't often see or put put two people together who who are often not on the screen at the same time and see what happens Mm. Um, so there are lots of ways of kind of treating an existing show as a little bit of a um, you know sandbox uh, sort of um, you know training exercise Uh, but I'm aware that everyone's pressed for time so writing fictional scenes and spec scripts for sitcoms that already exist and you're never going to show anyone seems like an impossible luxury but Mm. I don't know maybe some would find that helpful.
0: Yeah. I just want to come back to one more thing you said about the uh, the, the, the chefs and and mm. I mean yes, obviously chefs is a great choice. We we know them. They they are you know they they've all got their own TV series and it's oh like I was saying earlier, Jamie Oliver, the My Family Chef, or mm. uh, Heston, the Big Bang Theory Chef. Like these are all that you know. The, the the chef is in in kind of comedic terms is. By definition, a sort of larger than life character. So, um, how how important do you think it is? Obviously, not everybody's going to want to have a character who is a big out there celebrity mm. type. But what 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 are you looking for when you're looking to create your uh, the, the, this new person
1: mm. rather than just? I think yeah. Um, I think what you're talking about there, as much as anything else, is tone, um, because. I can see how some don't want an outrageous over-the-top figure like a man in a dress in Mrs. Brown's Boys or, you know, Not Going Out is a fairly broad show um, or, you know, there there are obviously very broad mainstream examples that people just think, I have absolutely no interest in writing that kind of a show and I completely understand that. Um, Again, I have actually just been writing blogs and done a few videos on the... uh, So my, my... YouTube channel was called the Situation Room, and it's quite beguiling when you watch a show that seems to be not um, larger than life. Uh, it's easy to try to follow that style by writing something in which uh, it's it's you're basically underselling it. And what I mean by that is, you know, we talked to Jasper Reese about Dinner Ladies. And how full of regret Victoria Wood was when she saw the Royal Family and thought, oh, I should have done Dinner Ladies like that. Mm. To which I would say, I'm really glad you didn't. (laughs) Um, You know, the the Royal Family is is a good show, but I don't think you should have done it just like that for the sake of it. Um, But when people, but that then kind of began, that kind of gave permission for the office to exist, which then gave permission for him and her, Roger and Val have just got in and you you know and the modern day version of that would be um, this country mm. so they're very downbeat downplayed kind of shows, and it looks like nothing much is happening, and that the characters are very subtle, but actually tonally that's the case but you know, the characters, you you know who the characters are and what they're trying to achieve. They still have ambitions. They still have quests and motivations and stuff still happens. It's just not shot in a studio like an episode of Some Mothers Do Have Them where basically everything crashes to the ground at the end and Michael Crawford comes in in roller skates and falls into the the cot having just been hanging off the back of a bus, you know, which is not to everybody's taste. But I think there's always that feeling that I want my stuff to be not larger than life. I want it to be subtle. And in the end, it's just a script of people sort of talking past each other and nothing very much happens. And that doesn't make a show and it doesn't make characters.
0: Yeah. And uh, funnily enough, you're, what you're mentioning there, i have just uh, we've just been um, catching up on Ghosts, which uh, is a fantastic mm. show, and uh, exactly that there was an episode where exactly that Michael Crawford equivalent happened at the very end of an episode, and it all all, all fell apart, and it did. I was thinking, this is this is this is some mothers do have, them. you know? Yeah, it's uh, wonderful. I mentioned about when I was sort of doing my novel that I I read lots and lots of novels, not not thinking. I'm going to get an idea for a novel by reading Charles Dickens or whatever. Um, but thinking, bit, this is one way that someone does a novel. This is another way. These are the rhythms of the of the stories. And and so uh, one of the things that I'm starting to do this this year is uh, I want to uh, try and watch as many different sitcoms. Uh, we we it, we do get stuck in our ways. We do you know there's so much to choose from that we can happily choose not to watch uh, 80% of all sitcoms that we don't think we'll like anyway. Um, But it is really worth uh, looking at them. And actually, uh, we we did our first one on uh, Tuesday, but every week, uh, Tuesdays at 8.30 on uh, GMT, on Twitter, uh, I'm going to be doing a kind of live talk-through of an episode of a sitcom. I'm going to try and get people to come along um and join us. Now uh mainly we'll be using uh shows that are on iPlayer uh because that's that's there and it's free and um most of our listeners I guess are sort of UK based but um we'll yeah. try we'll try and find shows that you might be able to source elsewhere if you're not actually from the UK. But it is definitely worth there's so many shows up there on uh iPlayer things that I've always thought, oh I must watch that, things like uh, i never quite got round to, like, I know, Cuckoo, for instance. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, um, I, and you know, there's like, um, as time goes by, which I probably haven't watched an episode of in about 35 years, or even maybe watch an old Are You Being Served or something like that. And we're even going to watch an episode of Mrs. Brown's Boys at some point because, yeah. you know, it's the most successful sitcom of the last 10 years. and BAFTA uh, winning. You know, so uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. afraid we should at least find out what it is, what what is the most successful show sitcom that people are watching, even if yep. it's not to our taste.
1: Yeah, The Vicar of Dibley's on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, one time we'll watch my episode of My Family that I wrote. Oh, um, yeah, and we can
0: do that in real time. And, I mean, no, there's all that. sorts of things that's not going out, so I'm happy to sort of talk through episode and get Danny Peake to come and talk about it. Uh, yeah. Bluestone 4-2, I'm sure, will come back on. I hope so. At some point. <laughs> it yeah. means I get paid some more money. I bet you do. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll try and get people. Uh, in fact, I think Gary Tank Commander's up there. We could get, uh, maybe see if we could get Greg uh, Greg McHugh to come and, and talk about that, for instance. Um, so... So yeah, it's worth it's worth doing. It'll be a lot of fun as well. So, um, and and so it's going to be
1: a live tweet along. It's a live
0: tweet along. Yeah, no trolling and no, uh, you know, and I'm sure you know. Thirty seconds in, oh, this is shit. That gets an instant block. Okay. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but um, you know, constructive criticism is fine. But just 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 be interesting to see, and you know, look at points where oh, they've just uh, activated this uh, plot here. Oh, didn't see, saw that, or you know, oh, didn't see that coming. You know, I, I just just kind of seeing, get 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 it, getting to understand the rhythms of uh, sitcom. You know, you've only got half an hour or twenty three minutes or whatever it is. Um, mm. You know, you've got to you've, you've got a lot of stuff to do to get to the point where all is lost or all is won uh, and then to sort of bring it back to bring it back to the beginning of that again. So mm. is there anything else you want to add about um, The only other thing
1: I was going to add really was about the last thing on character and story is, and the reason I kind of focus a lot on story is I think even if you've got a good character, you then need to be careful what stories you are selecting for your character because you want all, a story that is going to be emblematic of your character's great quest so especially in your pilot episode so you know and that requires quite a lot of work and it, my worry is often that people think of a character and even if you think of their motivation and their big grand quest is that in a sense a story presents itself immediately and then is sweated over and tried to pour into this mold uh, so that it will become the pilot script and actually it's quite a good chance that that's the wrong place to start. And actually, funnily enough, you know, this, this is a bit of a fight of fancy, but it is worth it. I've been watching, trying to watch more movies, actually, rather than scripts. And over Christmas, I watched quite a few. Okay. Um, an example of two which I think went wrong, uh, the first of which is uh, Soul. And I've written a uh, blog post about that on the sitcomgeek.blogspot.com podcast. Yes. Uh, uh, James, this is
0: Pixar shock.
1: Yeah. Because uh, uh, Seoul is actually quite bad. Um, and I noticed lots of people liked it and they're not wrong to like it, but they, you can like stuff that's bad, as I explain on the blog, because uh, the Italian job is bad, but I really like it. Um, there's absolutely no point to the Italian job. What? Um, Charlie Cro- I've only noticed it this last time I watched it. Charlie Croker gets out of jail. Mm. He is literally handed the information for this job in Italy. Someone else has done all the work and he executes it and he slightly screws it up at the end because the the, the coach driver basically gets a bit cocky. Right. The end.
0: Okay, I mean, all I remember because I was probably about nine or ten years old when yeah. I saw that film. Is all I remember was, uh, oh, Benny Hill's in a film. Yeah, you know, I was ten when I liked Benny Hill. Okay, so don't judge me. Uh, yes, the, the, uh, Henry McGee was in it as well, and yeah. uh, f- Fred Emney. I remember. his I, I was a big, big Fred Emney fan. You probably have no idea who Fred Emney is. He was a sort of classic uh, character actor. Played, played, five minutes. He was a sort of uh, Keith from the Office type. Okay, uh, person, yeah, somebody that, Everybody yeah. instantly recognise. Uh, yeah, but yeah. you didn't see There's also um,
1: Simon D as well, the, the chat the show DJ, host. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, he... Uh, but yeah, so there's a problem with the, the Italian job. Um, but that's not the one I was going to make. So Soul is just completely set up it wrong. And, and when you read back... And so, you know, I make the point, Pete Doctor has literally nothing to prove. He is one of the great storytellers of our time and you know he wrote uh, Toy Story 2 or co-wrote Toy Story 2 which is to me a perfect movie and Wall-E which I watched for the second time last year and just 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 realized wow this movie is also kind of getting towards perfect it's just amazing you know and he's got his hand in so many stuff Soul is just a, the thing he was most interested in is why somebody wants to do something with their life so it's all about souls before they're born okay but in but in the movie somebody dies quite early on and they're headed towards not quite the Pearly Gates but the Great Void or whatever. And then they kind of get out of it and they go from the afterlife to the pre life. And so it's just like, oh oh, so the movie's not about that then. The movie's about this other thing. Oh, oh, well, okay. Um, And then there's an awful lot of explaining and exposition and then, and then, and then. And what are the rules here? Oh, we're on the astral plane now. Oh, what does that mean? Well, we have to do this and It's just like, oh, my goodness. Um, So it's it's pretty tiresome. It looks amazing. And there's some really great music in it. And I really wanted to like it. But um, it was... uh, Uh, It was setting up a story incorrectly and he ended up telling a story he didn't mean to tell, I think.
0: Yeah, interestingly, and God, it shows either that I'm going old and losing my memory or that it wasn't that memorable, but the show that I watched a lot of... um, I, I, for some reason, I've got The Good Life in my head. It's not The Good Life. It's the one that, they, uh, that Heaven has been set up. Ted Danson. Um, the, the, oh, The uh, the Good Place. The Good Place, yeah. Because mm. uh, I, I had The Good Life in my head from something else today. Uh, yeah, The Good Place, which... Uh, in the same way that soul touched on all the things that you love a uh, good place mm. was, was was all my favorite things not just the the ideas but the people who wrote it you know kind of brooklyn nine nine parks and rec mm. gang um great actors ted danson you could you know just watch him reading the telephone book really he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's just wonderful um but it just uh, and this is just something that i find coming back to what i was saying about when i see people's uh ideas for new things and you know people have great ideas it's fantastic and we love the ideas but you just keep having to come back to the character the main mm. character what who is your main character what do they want and you can have the grandest ideas of philosophy and yeah. and, and life and death and life after death and all this kind of thing but if you haven't got a single character or a couple of characters with a with a, a, a an overall an overarching goal that can be as mm. simple and tiny as they want to go out and get pissed every night, or they want to stay sober mm. tonight, or whatever. But as as if you haven't got a character with a desperate want and a desperate need that they are unable to fulfill due to their weakness or flaw, then you know you're gonna be flailing around a bit.
1: Yeah. And, I think that's what and the story is absolutely place. critical to that and you, you need to be setting up the story the character and and the character and the story just need to go together and you need to be clear. And so the other example I was going to give again I watched it for the first time I don't know how I've not seen Castaway. I've never you seen You know 20 years ago. Right. Tom Hanks movie. Tom Hanks is very rarely in a poor movie. Um and and it's Castaway's not bad. Mm. Except I just don't I don't know what it is. It felt like they started making one movie and then they ended up making a different movie. Mm. And so they set up a movie. So it's called Castaway. So you know that Tom Hanks is basically going to be stranded on a desert island for a bit, for quite a long time. Okay? So at the very beginning of the movie, he's with FedEx in Moscow yelling at people, okay, we've got to be on time. Okay, we've got to move the packages. Okay, here we go. Time, 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 time. And someone says you know i'm sure it's fine he's just like well look this time it's two minutes late next time it's four minutes and then we might as well be the u.s post service and i was thinking oh so when he's on the desert island time is going to be completely stripped away from him and he's going to kind of go out of his mind okay no no that's not that's not what happens um he kind of goes out of his mind but some sort of vaguely stuff happens and then there's like a Okay, 4 years later on the on the island. What? What? We we just jumped 4 years. Wow, okay. So it's not about that. Okay. Well, you you kind of set that up. So that's weird. And then there was a story about someone he was proposing to, about to propose to you just before he got on a plane which ended up being stranded. And so it's sort of about that. And then he kind of and once he gets off the island, you just sort of think, "Well, this movie's kind of over." But it's, it, there's a lot of stuff afterwards. And actually, the idea of somebody being alone for sort of five years on a desert island and then coming back into civilization, that's a really interesting movie. Yeah.
0: I tell you what, but it's really. They uh, didn't quite do that either. Yeah. This is something partly that I've been finding, because what I've been doing is I've been uh, looking at a lot of scripts. That are kind of about to go into production just before they go into production, and then I've been watching the first the, the episode, and I watched the uh, first episode of Life on Mars, uh, which I hadn't done for many years, um, as, as part of an exercise with my students, and I read the uh, script, and this was the this was being the last script before they went into production, so they will have actually filmed this whole Mm. scene, and they had this whole section at the beginning of Life on Mars. Life on Mars was set up. This is a show about um, a policeman splitting up with his wife, and that was the opening of Life on Mars in the script. And everything else in the script is kind of almost word for word the same, except for this this five-minute scene at the beginning that has just been taken out. And, And even when you watch it, in the first you watch the first 5 minutes and there are allusions to him and this relationship and that it's not you know it's not perfect but not that they had just split up 2 minutes earlier yeah and and it completely changes it so often i think these 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 are things that can happen in the edit or you know but i mean i was thinking about films like 2001 which is like a beautiful film to watch mm. and you think what was that about you know, yeah. Um, or uh, Apocalypse Now is another one, which st- which starts as one film and kind of gradually becomes yeah. another. Yeah. So, but yeah, you need to Life be... on
1: Mars is a really good example actually because it's also one of the funniest shows I've seen in the last twenty years. I yeah. think it's really funny. Mm. Um, but what they do, I think, is really is really good. Is they, however, they got there, they figured out what the show was about, and it was about Sam Tyler doing doing policing by the book and in the modern method. And then you know, let's let's imagine that police are better now than they were in the '70s. Going back to a real old school throwback, Wild West Gene Hunt. Yeah. And so I think he takes fifteen minutes to go back in time and figure out. And then there's that key moment. It's almost exactly fifteen minutes in, where eventually Gene Hunt, Hunt throws him against a filing cabinet and just says, "You know what? What year is it? It's 1973. About tea time. I'm having oops." Yeah. And. And just go, right, okay, the show's now started. And then they've got 45 minutes to do a story of the week where they are going to approach this story in completely different ways and sort of learn from each other. So they kind of eventually got there, (laughs) Um, which shows you how hard it is. You know, this does Mm. take you a long time. And then they shot this whole five-minute thing, But I wonder, before they go, actually, who cares? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: it's it's a very very mercurial, tricky, yeah. tricky thing.
0: It is, and uh, that's why we're still here. We're still working it out ourselves. One hundred and fifty eight episodes in. So, yeah. Um,
1: and Pete Doctor, yeah. who who has an he, you know, he had a hand in up, hmm. and you know, it's just amazing. And then you just watch Soul, and you just go, "Mate, what what is this? What are you doing? This is this doesn't really work." I think lots of people like it because it makes them feel good, and there's lots to like about it. But it's hard and quite often you just don't, I know, he's now so senior in Pixar, I don't think anyone's really giving him notes. I think that might be the problem.
0: Yes, um, yes. I remember reading about, getting to about book five of Harry Potter, reading it out to my kids and thinking, no, there isn't anybody powerful enough now to say to JK Rowling, oh, you you make this a bit shorter, you know. Yeah, yeah. Page 463 thinking, oh my God, yeah. another arithmancy lesson. Oh, yeah. Oh, bloody
1: hell. <laughs> and it's not just a um, power thing. It's also just a, anybody giving notes to Pete Doctor would just say, well, look at his CV. He knows what he's doing. Right. I think this is a mistake. But what do I know? Yeah. I, I didn't write Toy Story <laughs> 2. So yeah. it's all good, Pete. Yay, yay. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's precisely the movie that he wanted to make and he's very happy. And he, it, strangely enough, it doesn't matter what I think.
0: Well, he talks very highly of uh, Hut 33,
1: actually. <laughs> 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 yes, that's right. Yeah, no, rave reviews, I'm sure. Uh, but anyway, that's probably enough sitcom wibbling for one <laughs> week, do you think? yeah I think. why don't you tell us about how people can get a hold of your book what's it called yeah. where is it
0: sorry yes uh how to um it's called if i if only i had the time uh how to keep writing when the world stops moving it's a very short uh manual for just helping get through these uh weird times as we run out of cliches to describe the times we're in but it, it's it's only two pound 20 on uh, amazon um kindle yeah. if you don't have a kindle you can actually download the free kindle app to your phone or your laptop so um yeah. so and your probably, iPad, very yeah. well uh, stocks last
1: yeah i recently bought a kindle so that i would read more um uh, and read more in bed because i don't want the blue light from an ipad yeah. um and it's working very well um, right. Right. so yes so and if got you got want, no
0: excuse i want uh, i want notes for, from you at some point on that oh
1: okay yes no i should uh i should do that um Yeah, so my video course is called Writing Your Sitcom. And uh, you get a 20% discount if you uh, get on there by the 3rd of May. So I think you better move fairly swiftly uh, because this episode drops... Uh, You know, this episode episode drops on the 28th of January. So you've got got about five days to to get get your act together. If you join us on Patreon,
0: um,
1: then you get a bigger discount and you'll get details of that if you join us on Patreon. But also if you join us on Patreon, there's just loads of other stuff going on, including copies of our books and um, and sort of an extra monthly Zoom chat with us where you can ask us anything. And um, so, yeah, and just there's a Facebook group as well. And people just kind of chuck out. I'm doing this, is that crazy? What do you think? Oh, have you heard about this opportunity? All that kind of stuff. So you're part of a community as well. So we do recommend you join us on Patreon. Helps us keep the lights on. It's only a few quid, few dollars a month. uh, So we'd really appreciate that.
0: And thank you very much to our Patreons who are keeping us going for now. Just to, yes, just indeed. to clarify, you. I think you said third of May there, James. You meant oh, 3rd, sorry, of I Fe- meant third of February.
1: February. Yes, yeah, indeed. Okay. So that's You're my. Right. Uh, so that's when the the discount uh, ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm there. Maybe discounts in the future. I'm sure there will be. But mm-hmm. get in on it. Start 2021 with a nice, clear plan. And it's it, so it's like a 12, 12 session course, which will probably take you a few months. And it is very much starting from scratch and taking you through the process uh, with the idea that it's you come out with a script that you actually think is quite good rather than the script that you sort of send off and wince. Um, so, um, so yeah, anyway, there's a YouTube video where I explain more about it on my uh, YouTube channel, The Situation Room. So hopefully there'll be some links to that in the show notes as well.
0: Fantastic. Okay, well, thanks very much. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, we shall speak to you again in a couple of weeks
1: yes indeed catch us on Twitter maybe a tweet along on a Tuesday night
0: uh, Tuesday nights 8.30 hashtag Tuesdays are funny at sitcom geeks brilliant
1: thanks very much for listening speak to you next time cheerio thank you bye